today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. And if the Lord can cause great hailstones to come down, to wipe out more than the swords did, if the Lord can cause the earth to stand still in order that Joshua and his men could finish off the enemy, if the Lord can defeat these kinds of enemies in such supernatural and powerful ways, you need to understand, you need to be encouraged to the fact He can and He will and He does do that for you and I, but we've got to trust Him in it. We've got to allow Him to do that in our lives. In life's battles, we can become discouraged and wonder how we are going to get through them. Jesus promised that we would have tribulation. So when tribulation comes, how do we respond? In today's message, Pastor David encourages us to remember how God responded in Israel's battles. If God can cause the sun to stand still, and if He can part the Red Sea, if He can defeat 165,000 Midianites with only 300 men, then he can defeat our enemies as well. And he will, if we will only trust him. Now, here's Pastor David with part three of today's message entitled, The God of Our Battles. You're not powerful enough. You'll lose most of the time in your own strength. But our God is more than able. God is the powerful one in this. You've got five kingdoms of Amorites that have joined together here to come against them. And Israel goes up in a hopes to protect the Gibeonites. And what happens? God fights the battle for them. It's amazing that the Lord did so easily, surpassing anything that man could do. That needs to sink into us a little bit, particularly the next time that that we try struggling, we try conniving how to get through a particular situation in our life. We need to remember, our God is able. You're facing a difficult time in your life, a difficult situation? Let me encourage you to do something really strange, really peculiar, really odd. Lay it before the Lord and walk away from it. Now, if there's something you need to do, I mean, you know, don't stop working and say, well, I'm not going to work. He's going to take care of all my finances. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are issues in our lives that, beloved, we worry about, we struggle about. And the Lord just says, you know, if you'd lay that before me, I'll take care of that thing. But so often we don't take the time to lay it. Or you... Lay it down and then you go and you pick it up and you look at it again and then you gotta lay it back down and you pick it back up and you look at it again and then you lay it back down. You know, and the Lord said, leave it there. Just leave it there and I'll take care of it for you. Let's look what else we've got going. Verse 12. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. 
And he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. And so the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, until the people had revenged upon their enemies. And he goes on to say, Is this not written in the book of Jasher? And so the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there has been no day like that before it or after it, that the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Now, we thought that the hailstorms were pretty powerful, pretty amazing. But this is an absolutely powerful event in the life and in the history of Israel. It was an actual, supernatural, amazing, mind-blowing, reality-altering event. The Lord heeded the voice of a man. Oh yeah, the sun stood still, that too, but that's not the, the big deal that I see is the Lord heeded the voice of a man to be able to do something like that. To be able to do that much of a supernatural thing. Why? Because Joshua said, I just need a few more hours to finish this thing. We'll clean it all up. Some consider that the fact that God caused the rotation of the earth to be a really huge, huge thing. But he set the rotation to begin with. He set them in place. They say, yeah, but if we, if you stop the rotation of the earth, I mean, the catastrophic, uh, seismic events, uh, gravity will all go hurling out in space. Really? God's not able to keep your feet on the ground? God's not able to keep the world together? How big is your God? That's the thing that blows me away when people look at these and say, well, that's impossible. That can't be. Some say that Joshua is simply using kind of a poetic language here. Talk about, man, you know, it's just, I need that extra time to finish the battle. Uh, I was able to do it all in one day. And though, so it became this urban legend that, you know, the, the Lord stopped the, the spin of the earth. Here's some of the other thoughts concerning Joshua's long day. Ancient and modern Bible scholars declare that the earth's rotation stopped. Consider that. Ancient and even some modern Bible scholars. The apocryphal book called The Wisdom of Sirach, or Ecclesiasticus, states, Was it not through Joshua that the sun stood still and one day became as long as two? Now, we know, again, we understand the fact that did the sun stand still? No, that's foolish. It's not the sun that stood still. sun is pretty much there, and it's the turning of the earth. But we say the same thing even today, don't we? The sun set. Did you see the sun set? sun didn't set. Sun stayed the same. I mean, we use the same verbiage today. Even Josephus, he claimed that that day was longer than the ordinary day. Again, the same interpretation. It's been used by both Christian and Jewish interpreters through the years, including Augustine, Jerome, Luther, Calvin, and a whole lot of uh, rabbinical commentators. And yet there's also some Bible students that claim to verify this whole thing by supposed calculations showing that precisely one day is missing from the uh, astronomical calendars and that uh, the extra day that uh, comes from Joshua 10 and also uh, during Hezekiah's time uh, a few hours there, 10 degrees, found in Second Kings chapter 20. In one such account, it's claimed that a professor Pickering of the Harvard Observatory 
trace this missing day back to Joshua's time and that the 10 degrees in Hezekiah's time was verified by astronomers from Greenwich and Yale. Now, I've heard these stories as I've grown up in the church, and the problem is is none of them have ever been verified. And uh, so I, I don't doubt that they happened. Unfortunately, none of these things have been really verified. Personally, I agree with the following, what this one says. What do you do with verses 12 to 14? First of all, Joshua appealed to God for help, but Joshua's words aren't really the ones that are recorded. In response, God spoke to the sun and the moon. He ordered them to stop, and they obeyed. They maintained this obedience until God took his vengeance against his enemies. Then this is all placed into perspective in the amazing fact that the Lord actually listened and responded to the request of a man. I have absolutely no problem believing that in the midst of this thing, the Lord was able to stop it. Just as in Hezekiah's time, the sun backed up a few degrees. I have absolutely no problem with that. And if he decided to change things and release gravity, you and I would be clinging to the roof. It's all in God's hands anyway. Amen? And none of us have any charge of that. What's the more difficult of situations? Which is the greater of two miracles? To have Joshua fight so hard that he's able to accomplish all this in one day? Or that God himself could simply stop the spin of the earth and have him have extra hours to be able to complete it? The sun and the moon, or the earth and its rotation, they obeyed God. God heeded the voice of mere man. Which one of those two is a greater miracle? That the sun and the earth would heed what God says, or that God would heed what man says? I see two major things here. Both are miraculous. And I feel that's why they're both listed in the manner that they're listed. In verse 14 where it says, There's been no day like that, before or after that, that the Lord heeded the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. The amazing reality in all of this gang is God will fight for you and me also. He will fight our battles and he will keep on fighting until the battle is completely and totally won. However long that might take. Weeks. Months. Years. Decades. Are we willing to trust God in the midst of those things? No, I want an answer right now. Man, I need it right now. You know, we, we're all, we're all set on, on, on time and, and, you know, we're, we're set at a particular time I've got to do this, a particular time we've got to do that. And unless you're retired and I hear you guys don't have any time anyway. Uh, the fact is, is we expect things to happen at particular times. And when God delays an answer, then what do we do? We, we, we panic. We panic. Isn't God listening? How about the, taking that as the opportunity? of becoming even more focused on Him, more focused and trusting Him even deeper. Do you think that that would please God more than you and I panicking and freaking out? If in the worst of the situations, we said, Lord, I I don't hear your answer yet. It's been like minutes, and I've been praying minutes, and I don't have your answer. It's been days, or it's been weeks. I don't have your answer yet, Lord, but I'm trusting in you, and I'm just going to trust in you. And Lord, I'm not going to let the enemy cause fret and fear and anxiety to fill my life. I'm just going to walk in you, and I'm going to trust you, because I've seen your love, and I've seen your mercy, and I've seen your grace, and I've seen your 
your might and I've seen your power. I've seen you work in my life. I've seen you work in others' lives. I see you work in your word. Lord, I'm going to trust you. Do you think that God wouldn't want to step in there, man, and show himself strong on your behalf? Uh, think of it this way. Little kids in preschool uh, or in younger elementary school. And they say, hey, you know, we want you to talk about your hero today. Why don't you come and stand and talk about your hero? And the little kid comes up and, and he spends, man, like a half an hour talking about how great his dad is, how wonderful his dad is, and how marvelous his dad is, how he can trust his dad in everything. Man, his dad takes care of everything. And right around the corner outside the room but in the hallway is the dad, and he's listening to all of this. What do you think, man, is going on in that dad's or Man, I don't want to let that kid down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, we're going out for ice cream after this. We're, we're, he's going to bless him. I believe that our Heavenly Father is the same way. The more we show ourselves absolutely dependent upon him, the more he's going to show himself strong on our behalf. The rest of the chapter speaks about the rest of this whole battle. Uh, I'm going to read through a whole lot of it and probably discuss not a whole lot of it. But I do want you to hear the rest of the battle. Verse 15, Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. But these five kings had fled and they had hidden themselves in a cave at Mechadon. And it was told Joshua, saying, hey, the five kings have been found hidden in the cave at Mechadon. Joshua said, well, roll large stones against the mouth of the cave and set men to guard it. Don't stay there yourselves, but pursue your enemies and attack their rear guard. Don't allow them to enter their cities, for the Lord your God has delivered them into your hand. And then it happened while Joshua and the children of Israel made an end of slaying them with a very great slaughter till they had finished, that those who escaped entered fortified cities. And all the people returned to the camp to Joshua at Mechadah in peace. And no one moved his tongue against any of the children of Israel. Then Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring out those five kings to me from the cave. And they did so and brought out those five kings to him from the cave. And the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon. And so it was when they brought out those kings to Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel. And then he said to the captains of the men of war who went with him, come near and put your feet on the necks of these kings. And they drew near and put their feet on their necks. And then Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage. For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. Let me give this to you one more time. Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, but be strong and be of good courage, for thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. Where have we heard those words before? Those were the words that Moses told Joshua, that God told Joshua, that even the people told Joshua. And now Joshua gets it. Joshua understands it. And now he's telling the leaders of his army. He says, you know what? Don't be afraid anymore. We've got a lot of battle that's before us. Don't be dismayed when the enemy looks so huge and powerful and mighty and causes great fear within your life. You need to be strong. You need to have good courage. 
Because this is what the Lord is going to do. He didn't say, this is what you will do to your enemies. No, he says, this is what the Lord will do to your enemies. The rest of this chapter speaks about a lot of battles that they're going through. A lot of cities that they come against as they finally take possession of the southern portion of the land of Canaan. And every one they have victory on. Every one they go and fight. Every one they have total, complete victory. Beloved, these words that he gives right here to his soldiers, to the commander of his army, I think are the same words that some of us need to hear tonight. I believe it's the words that many Christians need to hear in our lives. Because in this world, we will have many tribulations and many struggles. And when Jesus says, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world, he is the one who will do all of that against our enemies. He is overcome. He is our strength. He is our power. That's why you and I as believers, we need to walk not in fear, but fearless. We need to walk not being dismayed, but being encouraged. Is there a battle in front of you? Yeah, just like in for most of our lives. But don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Don't allow the enemy to distract you. Be strong. Be of good courage. Be bold, be fearless, because you're walking in the Lord. And if the Lord can cause great hailstones to come down, to wipe out more than the swords did, if the Lord can cause the earth to stand still in order that Joshua and his men could finish off the enemy, if the Lord can defeat these kinds of enemies in such supernatural and powerful ways, you need to understand, you need to be encouraged to the fact he can and he will and he does do that for you and I, but we've got to trust him in it. We've got to allow him to do that in our lives. Verse 26, afterwards, Joshua struck them and killed them, hung them on five trees, and they were hanging on the trees until evening. And so it was at the time of the going down of the sun that Joshua commanded. They took him down from the trees, cast them into the cave that they had been hiding in. They laid large stones against the cave's mouths where they remain until this very day. On that day, Joshua took Mechida. He struck it and its king with the edge of the sword. He utterly destroyed them, all of the people who were in it. And he let none remain. He also did to the king of Mechida as he had done to the king of Jericho. Then Joshua passed from Mechida and all Israel with him to Libna, and they fought against Libna. And the Lord also delivered it and the king into the hand of Israel. He struck it and all the people who were in it with the edge of the sword. He let none remain in it, but did it did to its king as he had done to the king of Jericho. Then Joshua passed from Libna and all Israel with him to Lachish, and they encamped against it and fought against it. The Lord delivered Lachish into the hand of Israel, who took it on the second day and struck it and all the people who were in it with the edge of the sword, according to all that had been done to Libna. Then Horam, the king of Gezer, came out to help Lachish, and Joshua struck him and his people until he left them none remaining. And from Lachish, Joshua passed to Eglon and all Israel with him. And they encamped against it and fought against it. And they took it on that day and struck it with the edge of the sword. And all the people who were in it, he utterly destroyed that day, according to all that he had done to Lachish. And so Joshua went up from Eglon and all Israel with him to Hebron. And they fought against it. And they took it and they struck it with the edge of the sword, its king and all of its cities and all the people who were in it. He left none remaining, according to all that he had done to Eglon, but utterly destroyed 
destroying it and all the people who are in it. And then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to Debir. And they fought against it and they took it and its king and all its cities. And they struck them with the edge of the sword and utterly destroyed all the people who were in it. He left none remaining as he had done to Hebron. So he did to Debir and its king as he had done also to Libna and its king. So Joshua conquered all the land, the mountain country and the south and all the lowland and the wilderness slopes and all their kings. He left none remaining, but utterly destroyed all that breathed as the Lord God of Israel had commanded. And Joshua conquered them from Kadesh Barnea as far as Gaza and all the country of Goshen, even as far as Gibeon. All these kings and their land Joshua took at one time because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. All these cities, all these battles, just bam, 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 bam. I have to think when I read things like this, why didn't he say, and Joshua came against Mikta, and he came against Libna, and he came against Lachish, and he came, and he, all these, and he fought them all and he destroyed them all. Because it wouldn't be as pointed for us to be able to remember and to see. It's each and every battle of our life that he's willing to fight. Not just the big ones, but even the little ones in our lives. Again, if we're willing to trust him. Every one of these, totally and completely destroyed. Why? Because Joshua was doing what God called him to do. You think, yeah, but he destroyed all of these people. All of these people. Realize, remember back when uh, the Lord was speaking to Moses and Moses was telling the children of Israel that when we go into this land... We need to destroy all of these people because these people were so, so wretched and so perverse. The wickedness of the people had just gotten worse and worse and worse. From the time that Abraham left, that you had gone into that land, the time of the children of Israel going down into uh, Egypt for all the years that they were there, that land just continued to get worse and worse and worse. Till God says, you know what, we need to clear all that out. We need to take all that away. And I'm going to start fresh with you as a nation, with the people of Israel as a nation. The wickedness of man, left to himself, will continue to putrefy, continue to to just get worse and worse and worse. And when man has no moral code, when man has lost his consciousness of right and wrong, when he's lost uh, any kind of morality, He'll continue to get worse. He doesn't get better. I look at that land and I see the destruction of that. And, you know, God opened up the door for Israel to be able to have a new land. They still have a lot of battles in front of them. They still have a lot of struggles in front of them. I look at us, you know, as believers here in this land. There's battles that are going to be in front of us, gang. And the battles aren't going to get any easier. And we're going to either try and fight them in our own flesh and logic, Or we're going to be able to stand and see God go before us. And maybe he'll take us around the storm. But I think more than anything, he's going to take us through the storm. He's going to take you and I as believers. There's some tough times, I believe, in the coming months and years. And should the Lord tarry for the next couple of decades, I think it's going to be some tough times. But I believe that you and I can still walk in joy. We can walk in peace. And we can definitely walk in victory in the Lord. Oh, we can be sad about the wickedness that's around us. But within our hearts, within our lives, we need to have the fullness of what God has promised us. The joy of the Lord 
being our strength in order to be able to walk and live and do all that he's called us to do, to be a light and to be salt in a lost and dying world that's around us. One of the mightiest warriors in the entire Bible was Joshua. God used Joshua to conquer many of the pagan nations surrounding God's people. From spying out the land God had promised his people, to Joshua's encounter with the angel of the Lord, this book will surely be an encouragement. Join us as David teaches through Joshua verse by verse. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the open word is a huge blessing, We pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe you're listening right now in Casa Grande and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. at 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. For more information, call us at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Or log on to theopenword.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.